Well, it's good to be back. And Mortesi, you and the family are heading to Adelaide. Are you heading to Adelaide this week? Camping with family. Three family, four families in the Adelaide or in South Australia. Yep. Hope you have a great trip and a good time away. Um, I'd like to take this opportunity also to express my uh, thanks to Alethea, who's in with uh, heading up Kids Church at the moment, Uh, Tamsin, uh, for helping covering the responsibility of care works while I've been away, and also for Alethea and Lynette Leach. It was great to have Lynette Leach come back and share last week, and Kathy as she led the service. Uh, So for everyone in the team that looked after the Sunday service last week, really appreciate the opportunity that that gave me to head away. For those of you who were not aware, uh, last Saturday I conducted a wedding for Monique and Daniel Battelle in Queensland. Now we got to know Monique's parents, so I'll, I'll introduce you to the clan. Um, you've got uh, Ross, Harrison, Donna, Jacqueline and Monique and Daniel and then there's some friends of theirs from uh, over in the States that are in that photo as well. But we, we got to know um, Ross and Donna uh, before they actually got married, I think, were they dating at the time that we met them or they might have just started going out around that time, just started going out and then a couple of years later they got married, then, you know, boy meets girl, they have kids, all that sort of stuff, you know the rest. Anyway, so uh, I had the opportunity to do that wedding. So we've known them for 29 years or thereabouts. And it was interesting to hear feedback from different people Uh, about how lovely the wedding and especially the reception was. Most notably were the comments from one of the staff at the reception centre who was reflecting on wedding receptions in general and she noted how much love was expressed at Monique and Daniel's reception and how lovely it was on this occasion. That the love that was shown on this um, time with this couple and the families involved was inspirational and different. In chatting with Ross, the father of the bride, as we relaxed later in the day, because it was a 10 a.m. wedding, great time of day to have a wedding. Um, We had lunch and then headed back to Ross and Donna's place afterwards. And as Ross and I were were chatting after the events and I commented about some of the stuff that uh, Marriott had heard from one of the, the staff there, Ross commented that what people witnessed today was not something that happened by chance. It came because of a multi-generational commitment to God that went back to Monique's great-grandfather. And the generations that followed that passionately followed God and sought to fill their families to overflowing with God's love and joy. Now, there are no guarantees for the causality of loving someone and that it will mean that it will be passed on, that this same love will be shared and it will be invested by others as well. But by loving and sharing that joy and investing in such an abundant way, it sure does improve the likelihood of those sorts of things happening. In 1984, the band Foreigner wanted to know what love is. Five years earlier, Queen declared that love was a crazy little thing. Robert Palmer was addicted to love in the mid-80s and that may have been because he had a sweet tooth because Al Bali in 1932 sung that love was the sweetest thing. Perhaps love is a sweet smelling perfume 
because John Paul Young declared that love was in the air. Maybe that's your experience in the lead up to Christmas or perhaps you're questioning along with Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it? After all, if you venture out to the shops and find a car park along with other shoppers that are looking for gifts for their loved ones, you may agree with Bon Jovi that as you see the fight over car parks and wrestles in the shopping centres, that you give love a bad name. So that begs a question, along with the black-eyed peas that was asked in 2003, where is the love? Well, just over 2,000 years ago, a couple were soon to be married and the hopes and the dreams of two families were about to culminate in what was anticipated to be a very typical, a very traditional Jewish wedding. Out of the four Gospels, it's interesting to note that we only have two, Matthew and Luke, that give an account of what took place at that first Christmas, while all four provide Uh, accounts of the events of the first Easter. Interesting the priority is there, isn't it? Luke commences with the scene of an extended family and the love shared between cousins and the coming together of shared destiny as parents um, of divine intervention. We read some of this in Luke chapter 1 verses 39 to 45. In Luke chapter 1, 39 to 45, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says this, A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honoured that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Now, it's easy to even in a small part look over verse 39 and that Mary hurried to Nazareth from the uh, hill uh, to the hurried from Nazareth to the hill country of Judah. Well before the days of Uber, this trip was up to 160 kilometers long. It would have taken between three to five days, depending on whether she travelled in a small group or with a caravan of people. And don't forget that Mary is pregnant at the time. After three months, Mary then makes the same 160-kilometre trip, this time a little bit more downhill, but makes the same trip back to Nazareth. When we look at someone like Mary, we see significant qualities of love. Love for God. Has Mary accepted God's will for her life, regardless of how inconceivable it might be? A young, betrothed virgin becoming pregnant. This type of acceptance of God's will could result in um, the rejection of her by her family and her friends. It could end up bringing shame on Joseph and being stoned as an adulterer. But in the middle of such a mind-blowing request, Mary loved God above all others. 
even above her own hopes and dreams. For Mary, her love of God had her search out for others who loved God with a similar passion and commitment. Elizabeth was someone who was also risking much for her love of God. Today, with the best of medical support, having a child when you're older has risks associated with it. 2,000 years ago, the risks were so much higher for the child and the mother. It's been suggested that 30%, 30% of all children born around the time of John the Baptizer and Jesus would not reach adulthood. They would die before they got that old. Compare that to today, where we have a mortality rate of zero to five-year-olds of about 0.4%, compared to around 30%. Love is a risky thing. You invest heavily in love, and it doesn't always get returned or the results that you had hoped for. To find someone else on a similar path as you can give you reassurance and support as you take this adventure in love. Joseph was also confronted by this. We read in Matthew chapter 1 that after the angel visited Mary, the angel, probably Gabriel as well, um, visited Joseph. So let's read from Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 24. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. In what was likely an arranged marriage, with the support of Mary and Joseph, the engagement would probably last about 12 months. But during this engagement period, where two families from a small, ultra-conservative, nationalistic country town, in America you'd probably call it a redneck town, a town called Nazareth, Mary breaks the news to Joseph. Can you imagine how that conversation might have played out as the reality sets in for Mary as she looks into the eyes of Joseph to break the news. But even during the engagement period, with a woman who confesses to be pregnant, there is love. Joseph could have easily dragged Mary out to the town leaders, stripped her naked to publicly shame her, and calling forth judgment with a stoning, uh, with stone in his own hand, ready to see her die for her infidelity. But love for Mary pushed against the tide of culture and accepted convention. Joseph's love saw sense in a senseless situation. Joseph loved Mary and wanted to show her grace and mercy. Divorce on the quiet would annul the marriage commitment, freeing Mary to return to her home or to perhaps to move in with some relatives to be taken care of. Joseph could not see his future with Mary, but he loved Mary enough to still want Mary to have a future of her own. But we also discover that with God's help, love for another can grow stronger. Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 continues, 
As he considered, this is Joseph, as Joseph considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord, the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Joseph had choices to make. Already deciding not to have Mary stoned to death for adultery, Joseph then chose between a quiet divorce and marrying someone despite all the doubts and fears. Joseph had no control over what other people would think, how they would react to the news, how people in the town might gossip and ask questions implying inappropriate behaviour. Faced with a world of uncertainty, Joseph, like Mary, was fueled by his love for God. That didn't stop it from being tough, but love for God above love for all others meant that Joseph accepted God's will for his life, regardless, once again, of how inconceivable it might be. The hope and expectations of a future life with Mary, the foundational love that Joseph had for Mary, could now be built upon because of their passion for God above all else and the mutual commitment of growing love for each other. Through Mary and Joseph's commitment to love, God's love was birthed in that relationship, in the Son of God, in the human child, Jesus. John 3, 16 and 17, words that many of us would know well. For God so loved the world, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. God's love does not overlook bad behaviour, but in love enters into a bad situation of life and offers a way through them, a lifesaver when all seems lost. For us today, we can come closer to the most excellent demonstration of love humanity has ever seen. We may face times when we wonder, like the black-eyed peas, where is the love? Is love some crazy little thing? Or perhaps love can be a life-altering thing. Love that is so powerful that it could change the course of lives 2,000 years ago and also it can change the course of one's life today. Love is not some hallmark expression that is given on a card one day and then sent to the recycling bin the next. The highest expression, the highest experience of love is found between the created and their creator. 
passionate love for God that would have you take leaps of faith that seem inconceivable, but though through God, all things are possible. Passionate love for God that can change the course of your life, whether you are 16 years of age or 60 years of age. You are never too young. You are never too old to take leaps of faith in passionately following God and embracing His love for you. Like Mary and Elizabeth, there is something quite special about sharing life, sharing love, sharing experiences with someone else who is equally passionate about God. Love also has us look at others differently. Rather than being quick to judge, we allow God by His Spirit to speak into our life, into our situations and how we might adjust our responses to those situations that can at times rattle us. And finally, love is not something that just whitewashes over sin and the ugly stuff of life. Love does not pretend that it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter. That love is the stuff of Hollywood, not the stuff of the Scriptures. Love is gritty. Love prepares to enter into messy situations. Love is prepared to take down strongholds and enter into a world of family dysfunction, car park rage and unmet expectations. Love seeks to address issues, to create a path forward when all seems lost. Love, like that of peace, is prepared to roll up one's sleeves and get hands dirty. We see this perfect love in Jesus. We continue to see this love lived out in followers of Jesus who trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly and love extravagantly. Let me pray. God, we we thank you that we can know love because you first loved us. We were created in love. We are created for love. We are created to love. May your love continue to transform us and the stuff in our life and in the lives of those that we love. Help us to see things, the situations of life through your eyes, through your love. Help us as we dig deep to find new resources and wells of love that are yet untapped. May we find them in you and may they bubble forth out of our life to the lives of those around us. Amen. So how might we respond today? How might we respond to the things that God's been saying to us today? Well, as far as the message goes, there are some thoughts. Perhaps you might want to Invite God to increase your passion for following Jesus. Perhaps you might want to thank God for those who have helped encourage you in following God, just like Elizabeth and Mary found that support and encouragement as they sought to passionately follow Jesus. Maybe there's someone in your life that has encouraged you in that space and you want to thank God for them. Perhaps today you want to invite God to help you look at others and the circumstances 
that you face in those situations differently. Perhaps today you might want to write a prayer inviting God into the messy stuff of life to reveal his love afresh. There's a range of responses. You don't have to respond to all. Maybe one just resonates that little bit more for you today. I invite you to take out those response cards and to write a prayer of response to God today on the things that God's been saying to you. God bless you.